What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? Happy Mother Trucking Tuesday. Welcome to Truck and Hustle. We are back. Um, yo, it's almost 2020, y'all. And at this point, y'all are like family. So, I gotta start holding y'all accountable. Where are you at with your goals? Where are you at with your goals? Are you doing everything it takes on a daily basis to get closer to your goals? If you listen to this show, it means you want something more out of life, right? Nobody listens to this show, you know, just to be entertained. Y'all listen to this show because we bring in value every single Tuesday and every single time, you know, you hear that. If it smells something burning, it's only your desire. That's why you're here. So we got to start applying, you know, what we're learning to our daily lives and start applying it to our businesses and start making these moves and making things happen. Time waits for no man nor woman, you know. So we got to get up off of our asses, off of our asses. Yeah, I said it, our asses. <laughs> and we got to start, you know, taking action, taking action. 2020 is going to be the year taking action. So if you with me, you in your car, you in the gym, wherever you listen to that to this right now, I want you to say in 2020, I'm taking action. All right, let me hear you. In 2020, in 2020, all right, yo, so today I got none other than the full-time CEO himself, Mr. Will Roundtree. We have a dope conversation about entrepreneurship, credit, funding, some of the misconceptions about entrepreneurship that he speaks about in his new book, The Full-Time CEO, The Shit They Don't Tell You. Oh man, this is a crazy conversation, man. Crazy. Y'all do not want to miss it. Um, Will just brings it, you know, line after line. It's like listening to a smooth rap song or something, man. His brother was, was, was doing his thing the whole interview. So definitely, definitely stay tuned for that. Um, few housekeeping items, you know, make sure y'all all following all the social platforms at Truck and Hustle, not and, but N, Hustle Everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Truck and Hustle Pod. I got to get on my Twitter game. My Twitter is kind of weak right now, but we there. Um, YouTube, got some things coming for YouTube. Go ahead and make sure you sign up for the YouTube because and subscribe because it's coming. It's not a lot there now, but it's coming. Trust me, I'm working. I'm working. All right, I'm holding myself. I, I, I'm, I'm holding myself accountable, and I want y'all to hold me accountable. All right. So when I say I'm working, believe me, I'm working. So make sure y'all everywhere. So when we get updates and new things happening, you know y'all could be the first to the first to see it and the first to be a part of it. All right. Um. What else, man? Nothing, nothing else. You know, just just really amp, a lot of energy, really looking forward to things to come. And, you know, I just hope everybody can 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 take some of my energy and 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 you know um apply it to whatever they got going on in their day and in their lives and just man, let's take it to the next level, y'all. I don't know. Listen, if you smell something burning, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Put your ears on. And if you smell something burning, it's only your desire. All right, let's go. What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, 
and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We're scared to ask for the money. If I'm trying to sell you a service, I'm going to ask you, what car do you want to use? I'm not going to say, so what do you think about it? Or can I follow back up what you know? You need to be able to ask and cope. You need to be able to ask for that sale. Mm. Or we, we, sometimes we can't fathom making $100,000 a month. You know, we have a hard time understanding making 10000 a month. So we have to start thinking bigger. We have to start understand that it is possible to make millions of dollars on your own. Turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh, on the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Today, guys, we are here with Mr. Uh, Will Roundtree. Um, I am very grateful that you joined me today on the show, man. Um, before I get started, I want to actually send a special shout out to my man, Chris Bright, who connected us. Um, you know, appreciate that, Chris. Um, you know, Mr. Round, Mr. Roundtree um, is a credit specialist, um, entrepreneur, uh, author. Um, you do many things, bro. So we're blessed to have you on the show. Um, and we want to get, get educated today. Absolutely. Right? All right, so um, let's get started a little bit with your backstory, man. How did you get into financial services, into the financial um, industry? So I always say that uh, it actually started out as a need. Uh, I remember, you know, just being originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, moved to Las Vegas in 2005. But before I moved to Vegas, I had a business mentor who told me, he said, well, eventually credit is going to become the new dollar. I mm. uh, didn't know what he meant by that, but when I moved to Vegas, I quickly found out, uh, try renting an apartment with bad credit, Okay. You know, try buying a car with bad credit, you know, 29% interest, needing a co-signer. And so, um, you know, just noticed that life was very difficult because I had bad credit. And so um, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting change. So, you know, I knew I had to do something different. And so one of the dealerships I went to reluctantly actually gave me a copy of my credit report, took that credit report home. It looked like complete gibberish. You know, I didn't understand it. And so I just started researching and reading up about, you know, credit, the importance of it. And this was in 2005. So Google wasn't as big as it is today. Right. You know, so I would have to go to the library, you know, going to the internet cafes, getting online because I couldn't afford internet at home because I had just moved to Las Vegas. And so just, started learning about the power of credit, started understanding that's how wealthy people have been able to actually build their empires by leveraging other people's money. Of course, I you know, started reading the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that just talked about leverage and you know different things like that. Dope. So it all pretty much just started out as a need in a credit space. And so I uh, took that information, was able to you know restore my credit. It took me about two years to do so. I uh, was able to buy a home, buy a car. And then from there, I was like, you know what? If this information was vital for me, I'm sure, you know, my friends, family, or relatives could use it. And so like anyone who gets excited about, you know, that that new shiny thing, you know, that they just saw or found, I started trying to tell the world. And so, of course, 
you know, when you, your friends, family, and relatives remember who you used to be, they don't take you seriously. Right, right, <laughs> so, right. Uh, fortunately, though, you know, I didn't let that deter me. Uh, but I never really wanted to get into, you know, credits space as an actual business. I merely just was telling people. And so just started um, understanding that when you find something you're passionate about, you find a purpose behind it and an opportunity will create itself. And so from that, it really just kind of morphed because I was more so out there educating people as opposed to trying to sell them on a service. Mm. So, uh, so from that education, it just spawned, you know, I would go to apartment complexes, go to libraries, just wherever I could set up. If somebody would listen, you know, sometime it'd just be me and the security guard who set up the <laughs> AV system. But <laughs> I didn't care because it was the practice, you know, right. the, the repetition of actually just getting out there. And so it really more so just, you know, kind of answer your question, started out as a need and just kind of morphed because it became a purpose of mine to educate as many people about the service. Okay, dope. So what were you doing prior to that? You said the, the, the old will before you got into credit and so forth and so on. What, what, what were you doing? Well, so I mean, you know, I was a college dropout, you know, started working a nine to five, the nine to five ended up shutting down after being there for, you know, eight years. And, you know, just like most Americans, just trying to find my way, you know, uh, working odds and jobs, you know, call myself trying to you know, do uh, some, some, some street activity, but that definitely was <laughs> me. So, uh, and so, uh, you know, just trying to find my way. But, um, you know, uh, it's interesting because I stumbled into entrepreneurship. But when I always share that people remember who you used to be, it could be from whatever. You know, if you were a knucklehead in high school, that's who your friends, family, and relatives remember you as. If you right. were a cheerleader, if you were a jock, if you were you know, someone who was a, 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 a thief, like people just always remember who you used to be. A lot of times they can't see your progression or what you're becoming. And so right. I, but any person going into entrepreneurship is very important to understand that and not to take it personal. We just have to constantly show them who we're becoming. And mm. I believe that as we're doing that, they're paying attention more than we think. You know, we just have to constantly stay on top of our game, continue sharpening our acts and all of those things. Got you. And you said you had a business mentor that told you about the power of credit. How did you connect with that mentor? So um, essentially, so the backstory of how I ended up in Las Vegas is in 2003, when I was working for this company that I had been there for eight years, thought I was going to retire from there, you know, strictly just corporate America. After the company shut down, my parents kind of forced me to go into entrepreneurship and I always say forced because they bribed me to go to a, a network marketing <laughs> meeting with my little sister. Okay. So, um, and then from that network marketing meeting that I went to, I actually got introduced and got really impressed with the power of just entrepreneurship okay. of, you know, you know, having your own, trying to create your own destiny and all those things that they pitched there. And, through just networking over, you know, two years while I was in network marketing before I moved to Las Vegas. Yes, I met a gentleman who, who I had befriended or befriended me, uh, became a mentor of mine. And that was a nugget that he dropped on me mm. that literally changed my entire life. Got you, got you. Right. So how, how, how do you position yourself? Um, so, that, what, what is the way you to, to set yourself up to, to be able to leverage that credit? So the biggest thing is making sure that your personal credit is intact. Okay. Now, the average person may not know what that looks like, which is why there's, there's three people I say that we all should have on our team. You need to have a, a, an attorney or at least access to one. 
you need to have a, a tax specialist because no matter what the economy does, what the real estate market does, whatever, you got to file taxes <laughs> and make sure you file them accurately. That's you got to have a credit specialist. I really do believe that when you can understand the power of credit, there's nothing you can't get access to. And so to answer your question, how do you set yourself up? One, knowing what your credit needs to look like. Two, um, establishing a business or an entity. And I tell people twofold why you want to have a business. One, just for the tax write-offs. Mm. I tell people, if you are an employee, you should have a business just because of the tax write-offs. Right. Tax breaks are not made for people with kids. You're owning your own home. Tax breaks are set up for business owners. And then secondly, it affords you to be able to use your personal credit to be able to go out there and borrow money against that company. And the company doesn't have to be doing hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to be able to get money from your company. You just have to understand the strategies on how to position yourself. And then there's no rule or law that says you can't do that with five, six, 10 other companies. Right. So credit is really just an endless tool, you know, just like a great carpenter or a barber. You can't be an effective barber if your, your clipper game is trash. <laughs> right, right, right. If you're trying to build a business, your credit got to be straight. You know, you want to have businesses and entities and all of that. And so I always tell people it's really about the strategies, you know, and as I share within that, we don't have a money problem. We have a strategy problem. Because okay. Money is the easiest part of that process. All right. So let's, let's talk about your personal business a little bit. Um, so you would call your business credit, credit specialist, credit repair. So I really don't like the term credit repair. Okay. Credit okay. Repair company, because one, I never want to pigeonhole myself just to doing just credit. Okay. Uh, two, yeah, more of a credit specialist. Cause if you go online, there's a million people that do credit. Okay. Not everyone understands it. Right. Not everyone who does it even knows what they're doing. They're usually a middleman or a broker or working for a company that does the actual service. Well, someone sits down with me or someone from my team, not only are we going to educate them on the credit process, we're going to educate them on why they want to maintain it, uh, how to restore it themselves, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And we do that because statistically, 60% of people who fix their credit usually end up right back in the same situation. Really? So, yes. Yeah, so our focus is to educate them on the process, what got them to that position, why they're in that position, and understanding what has to be done to improve it because mm. improving someone's credit report or credit profile is more than just getting some negative items removed. Okay. Other things that are also holding that credit profile or that credit score down. Can you get into some of those things? I think a lot of people believe that that's what it is. You know, you could just go make some calls, get some negative items removed off your credit report. And that's pretty much all you have to do. What are, what are some of the other things you have to do to kind of, um, you know, fix your credit and have a healthy credit? Correct. So one of the biggest challenges of why most people's credit are uh, not in position is like credit utilization. Mm. So what credit utilization is, it's the amount of debt owed on your available credit card balances on what's called revolving credit. Because so there's two types of credit. You have installment and revolving. Installment credit would be anything with a fixed payment, a mortgage, an auto loan, student loans, anything like that. Okay. Revolving credit would be credit cards, department store cards, anything with the revolving balance. So 30% of what makes up our credit score is strictly off of revolving credit. So now 
this is why I tell people it's important to understand this because a lot of people credit scores are bad, not because they are in debt. It's because they don't understand how credit utilization works. Okay. Let's say you have one credit card for a thousand bucks. Okay. You have to fix your brakes on your car. You don't have any money. You pay 700 bucks to the repairman. You're now at 70% utilization. Your score just dropped 70, 80 points easily. Mm. You didn't miss a payment and go to collections. It dropped because you didn't know why, which is why I tell people that because so many Americans use credit as sometimes then get out of jail free or an emergency, case in point, their brakes went out. They didn't have the money. Well, what typically are you going to use? You're going to use that credit card. Use credit for sure. And because they didn't have enough credit to compensate for the utilization, that's why their score dropped. Mm. So anytime your credit utilization goes over 30%, their score you know, starts to drop. Okay. I always tell people, at minimum, just for uh, in case of emergency break glass situations, you should have at least five to $10,000 worth of credit. Okay. For those, just in case. Okay. Let's take that same situation. If they would have had at least 10000 worth of credit, same scenario, the brakes go out, it costs them 700 Now their credit usage is only 7% as opposed to 70 mm. So now it doesn't impact their credit score. And so because we have too little credit, or access to too little, and when we have to use it, those things impact your credit score. So let's take someone who's going through credit repair, they have some collection items on their credit, but their credit utilization is, let's say, 99%. They're pretty okay. much almost maxed out. You can get everything negatively moved, <clears throat> but if your credit card utilization is still at 99%, your score isn't going anywhere. And so someone who doesn't know that, or someone in a credit repair industry, who is fixing one's credit and they can't articulate that to them. That's very common. Mm. So, Hey, you got the three medical bills off my credit. Why is my score not moving? Well, it's because of credit utilization. And so these are some of the things that, you know, we're able to kind of educate and, and guide them through that process about. What about debt consolidation? Is that a good thing? I highly recommend against it. Mm, why? Um, so, essentially what a debt consolidation company is, is that they're going to have you essentially let your, your debt go bad, meaning you're going to miss payments, uh, let it pile up <clears throat> interest payments, all of that. And then once it's pretty much in collections, you're going to have this company who's going to go to those companies and try to negotiate a lower interest rate and whatever else, find some high interest loan to try to get you to pay on that they're going to take that high interest loan, pay your debts off, and then you're going to pay that company for five to seven years. You'd be better off filing bankruptcy if that's the route you're going to go. Mm. You know, so you just want to be very careful because sometimes they put you in a worse situation. Right. <clears throat> you want to make sure it's a reputable company. Make sure it's not one that's telling you, hey, go miss some payments and different things like that. There are other strategies around trying to get uh, your debt paid down because a lot of time it's because someone has overutilized, over leveraged their credit, meaning you know they maxed out their cards, the interest rates are you know piling up, and so when I talk to people about credit because I get it, we've been taught that credit is bad and this and that and the third, and I tell people it's not that it's bad, you just have people who are irresponsible with money, right? Because I know people are bad with checking accounts, <laughs> right? Checking accounts are bad; it just means they're irresponsible with money, so. 
I feel that once we get educated more about it, then we can truly understand how to properly leverage it for a not from a consumer standpoint. See, most of us have been <clears throat> taught to look at credit from a consumer standpoint, mm-hmm. not necessarily a business standpoint. Got you. Is it true that like after a certain amount of time, um, certain bad debts will fall off your credit, like seven or eight years, like things will just fall off? How, how, how does that work? Yeah. So uh, essentially what that is, is that once a debt goes bad and it's charged off or written off by the company, uh, so you have what's called the statute of, statute of limitations. That's the time frame that that company has to sue you. Every single state is completely different. You can actually Google whatever your state's statute of limitations is. Okay. You have the time that the debt can stay on a credit report. And yes, it is true that it can stay on your credit report up to 10 years. And, excuse me, up to seven years. Some states is 10 years before it falls off. It doesn't mean you don't owe the debt. It just means that it's no longer impacting your credit. And after the statute of limitations, they can no longer sue you for that debt. Got you. That's how that works. Got you. What about when you, um, you know, when um, collection agencies will call you and they'll try to come to like different agreements to settle, um, you know, for a lower payment. Um, Does that stuff still impact your credit? Like if you, let's say you owe a thousand dollars, they say we'll settle for 200. You know, how does that impact you? If you pay. So I always say what you don't know can hurt you and it will. And at times settling the debt can actually be detrimental to your credit score. Wow. So I'll give you an example. Okay. Say you have a debt sitting on your credit for six years. Okay. You owe a thousand. They say, Hey, we'll, we'll take two fifty. Well, when you make that payment, it actually reignites the, the payment trend or the payment last date of activity on that collection account Mm. so because it's been doing that for so long making new activity to that account can actually drop your credit score that's one wow they don't remove the debt from the credit report so a lot of times people think hey if i would do a settlement they'll remove it that's not the case and then thirdly let's say it's a large dollar amount. Well, we'll even take the thousand dollars. Right. They'll take, and typically it's 40 to 60 cents on a dollar. So let's say they, they say, Hey, we'll take 600. Not everybody has 600 bucks to pay it right away. So right. it was called a payment installment. If you do an installment plan <clears throat> and let's say you miss a payment that can actually restart the clock on how long that debt can report on your credit. So it can mm. stay on there another seven years. So, yeah, so you just want to be careful and understand to, to know what you're getting into if you do decide to do that settlement. Okay, cool. Let's talk about um, <clears throat> small business funding a little bit. Yes. Um, I know that's something that you specialize in also. Um, how do you set yourself up in the beginning as a business to, um, you know, to get funding? Um, what are some of the things, some of the key things you want to be looking at in the beginning stages to kind of set yourself up to get on the right track? So 80 to 90% of it is your personal credit. That's why I tell people, if you're a small business owner, your credit is the lifeline to your business because you're going to need to have a strong personal credit profile. Secondly, making sure your business is compliant. You'd be surprised how many small business owners I speak to that don't even know if their company is still active. Hmm. I mean by active, meaning that they pay their annual fee to the secretary of state that they have an active business license, that they, you know, have a, a, a 
business email address. You know, there's several things that banks look for from a banking, a bank compliancy standpoint. Uh, as long as you have those two things in play, you'll always be able to go to the bank and get access to capital. Now, <clears throat> I like to use the word capital and not necessarily business credit. Okay. I tell people that I don't mind taking a credit card, whether in a personal name or business name, to leverage to go and pay for my marketing, to go and pay for my, you know, supplies, to go and pay for, you know, whatever it is, because it's all, as I call it, bank money. Again, because we've been looking at credit through the wrong lens, we assume that, hey, it has to be a credit card or something with just my business name on it. No, it doesn't. I actually built my business using my personal credit until I was able to learn more about business capital. Mm. And then <clears throat> the other facet of it is, is there's two different types of what's called business capital that what are called loans. And then you have revolving credit. To get a small business loan, you probably have a better chance winning a lottery. <laughs> Getting a small business loan is extremely difficult. Okay. But as I always kind of say in layman's terms, there's like a, a banking loophole when it comes to getting capital for your business by getting and going after revolving credit. And what I mean by that is that you can be a startup company and as long as you have good credit um, and your business is set up properly and is compliant, you can go and apply for a credit card through your company. Of course, you'll still have to personally guarantor it with your person, with your social security number, but uh, you'll be able to get access to it. Whereas if you try to get a loan, you have to provide bank statements. You got to provide two years of tax returns. You got to have a P&L, which stands for profit and loss. Your company has to have done X amount of dollars in revenue. Whereas if I'm going for a revolving credit card for my company, you can use stated and household income projected business income and most of the time they do not ask for proof of income that's very powerful mm, yes very startup company go to the bank tomorrow apply for a credit card and get an approval before you even open the doors of your company well guess what you can go to 10 different banks that same day right so you go to all 10 banks and they all give you five thousand dollars a piece you just got fifty thousand in credit right like that <clears throat> right it's not many businesses you can't start for 50,000 and less, I mean, mm. pretty much most companies, you'll be able to at least get the doors open or started or, you know, get the foundation with that type of capital. Wow. That's a fact. Um, what's, what's a hard money loan? So a hard money loan, essentially it's, it's industry jargon. It's, it's you're, they're borrowing you money against an hard asset. Okay. So that terminology is most commonly used when you have to put up collateral. Okay. So if I'm purchasing a home, they're going to use a hard money loan because it's a hard asset, which is the property for, as collateral. That's essentially all that means. Got yeah. you. So go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no. Well, there's another term, well, not necessarily a terminology, but there's another type of way that some small businesses get capital is called through like a, <clears throat> a MCA lending. Okay. A merchant account, you know, lending where essentially they'll take your account receivables or your bank statements and they'll lend money to you no matter what your credit score look like. But I tell people you're going to be very careful with that. It's essentially, that's like a payday loan for your business mm. because the interest rate can be anywhere from 30 to 250%, which 250%, that's, that's disastrous. for Right. 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 Because 
not only do will a link, uh, not only will you have to do a direct pay from your bank account every day, but um, if that if your company doesn't have it, then they could file a lien against your business and pretty much you know shut you down. So we mm. have to be very careful. And as enticing as that sound, because they make it sound very easy to get access to that money. I mean, essentially, you can have a 500 credit score and use them, but it's short-term lending, which means you have six to 12 months to pay it back. So imagine being a small business, borrowing 30 grand, and you got six months to pay it back. Your payments are going to be about $7,000 a month. Wow. New business can afford that. And so we just have to be very careful of what's out there and not to fall into the predatory lending type. Of yeah, I, I was just going to say, are there, are there any other type of predatory loans that you that you know of that we should be looking out for aside something like that? That's the most common. That's the most common. Because when you open up the doors of your company, you you know file with the state and register with all these online directories, they actually start to send you these things in the mail. Now, imagine being a brand new business, you open up your mail, you know you need some capital to get through the winter, and you're like, get up to 250,000, no credit score needed. Oh, let me go online and apply. <laughs> right, right, right. And so it's, it's right. very easy to be enticed by those type of uh, programs. But I try to do my best to educate people about what's out there, what's legitimate, what's the pitfalls, what to look for. But that's the most common one. Okay, dope, dope, dope. So you're also an author. Um, yes. You have two books, correct? That is correct. All right. So your most recent book, um, Full-Time CEO, Yes. Right. The shit they don't tell you. <laughs> I love, I love, I love that name. Why, why did you, why did you, how did you come up with that name? So uh, I remember watching, um, I think it was the breakfast club or something. And they okay. were talking about catchy titles of books. And I remember Charlemagne mentioning something he was going to name his book. And he said he didn't call it that because he thought that it would be too inappropriate to sell. But then I forgot the author. And he had a book out, something like "Go Fuck Yourself" or "Go." Like that. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I want to put out a book that when someone picks it up, is going to catch them. Right. Even be a book they're in the market for, but they're going to at least look at the cover. Right. Maybe look at the back. Maybe look at the couple inserts. And so I knew I wanted to write a book about entrepreneurship, but I didn't want just no happy-go-lucky book that you know a million people have written about. So I said, you know what? I want to talk about the unglamorized side of business. Mm. I want mm. to talk about the failures, the mm. loss of money you're going to have. Let them know you will fail many, many, many times. Right. Because this is the shit they don't tell you when you go into business. Right. So that's kind of how the title came about. So I said, you know what? I'm going to call it full-time CEO, the shit they don't tell you. For sure. Let, let, let's get into some of those misconceptions, man, because I think everybody wants to be an entrepreneur nowadays, right? It's the sexiest thing. Everybody's, you know, on social media talking about it, entrepreneur, financial freedom, you know, all these tag taglines. And, and what, what, what are some of the unsexy things that, you know, in, in, in your business and some of the failures? Tell us a little bit about that that you went through, especially starting out in the beginning. So uh, my probably I want to say one of the most my one of probably one of my largest failures and i hate to use that terminology uh and most uh commercialized one that i always constantly talk about is i remember purchasing a franchise around 2013 uh purchased it pulled money from my 401k took out some personal loans all that stuff bought into the franchise the owner was actually embezzling money from all the franchise owners recently got indicted 
you know, after, you know, how many years that happened. Right. But um, yeah, I lost that money. Not only did he close my business, then he sued me for a breach of contract. So I had to defend myself in court. And so I tell people, when you're sued, it's not about whether it's right or wrong. It's about who can afford an attorney. There you go. <laughs> I try to tell people. So, well, so one of the misconceptions I tell people or the shit they don't tell you, don't go into business for money. I got into that franchise for money. It wasn't my passion. I believe that's one of the reasons I failed. I was mm. chasing a check. And so I'm always saying, you know, you find something you can have a purpose behind you'll become passionate about it and the opportunity will create itself out of it. If I would have told someone, Hey, I'm going to be one of the biggest people in the credit space five years ago, they would have laughed at me. They laughed right. when I told them I was doing credit repair. Right. Never in a million years, I would think I would be two books in, have several, you know, successful companies all stemming from credit. And so, mm. uh, so yeah, so just, you know, uh, that's one of the things, uh, but some of the other shit they don't tell you one, just entrepreneurship is not for the faint of hearts. If you got thin skin, this isn't for you. Mm. If you uh, uh, hate rejection, which we all do, but it's about how we handle and deal with it. Entrepreneurship is not for you. If you care about what people think about you, if you scared to take risks, if you need to get 15 hours of sleep a day, <laughs> if you need to go on vacation every week, if you like, if you need, you know, summer breaks off, this is not for you mm. because you're going to lose friends, your family, you're going to lose family, your family and friends will, will not buy from you. So don't take that emotional. Right. Uh, if you're extremely emotional and high, strong, this could be a tough road for you. I always talk about take your feelings out of your business because business and emotions don't mix. You know, you're gonna, you have to go through failure. If you're scared to bump your knee, then this is not the industry for you. You know, I always tell people failure is just the price you pay for success and understand those are just experiences. And so there's just, you know, so many different things. You got to understand sales. I talk to so many people who are business owners and they're sitting, they say, oh, I hate sales. And I'm like, why? You sell every day. Right. You just convinced me on why I need to go see the movie Us. <laughs> That's selling. Right. Right. Check. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so we have to get out of our own way and stop telling ourselves these things. If you are scared of money. And as crazy as that sounds, a lot of us, especially in the black community, we're scared of money. And what what does mean, that mean? Go deep into that. I like that. So we're scared of money, meaning like, for, even from a sales standpoint, because I you know, talk to my team about sales, we're scared to ask for the money. If I'm trying to sell you a service, I'm going to ask you, what card do you want to use? I'm not going to say, so what do you think about it? Or can I follow back up with you? No. You need to be able to ask and co you need to be able to ask for that sale. Mm. Or, we, we, sometimes we can't fathom making a hundred thousand dollars a month. You know, we have a hard time understanding making 10,000 a month. So we have to start thinking bigger. We have to start understand that it is possible to make millions of dollars on your own. We got to stop thinking so small. You know, I tell, I, always, I talk to people a lot of time. I say, Hey, what's your goals? Well, I want to make six figures a year. And I'm like, well, you know, six figures, once, when you have family and kids and a mortgage and cars and medical bills, $100,000 is not a lot of money. Right. Especially after Uncle Sam get his cut. So you got to start thinking bigger. And I try to tell people, why not 100000 a month? And so, I, so when I say sometimes we're scared of money, we have to understand that it's out there. We can attain it. We can get it. We can grasp it. But we got to believe it first. Mm. So another thing that 
I always tell people why it's the shit they don't tell you. 80% of business or anything you do is a mental game, which is why I talk so heavily in my book about getting your mind right. You know, if you have four hours to chop down your tree, you need to spend three hours sharpening your ax. Mm. A lot of us don't get anywhere in businesses because we're chop we're trying to chop down a tree with a dull ax. And so I'm going to outperform you because I've been working on this way longer before you even got started. Mm. So a lot of times when we see someone who's been successful, we don't understand they've been in the grind for 10 years prior. We just hopped up on the scene because we're just trying to make some money. No passion, no purpose behind it. And we're wondering why we're failing. Hmm. I tell people all the time, I've been in this journey. I've been on this journey for 15 years. I just wasn't seeing the other you know, 12 years because I've been sharpening my axe all those years. Right. You know? Right. So that That's dope. I like that. I like that. What, 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 what do you do to sharpen that axe? How do you, how do you set yourself up? We you know, cause we, you always hear that mindset mindset is the most important thing. So what are some of the practical steps to, to get in your mind? Right. So I always tell people what's the boring stuff. <laughs> you know, it's, the, it's reading the books. It's okay. listening to the audios. It's going to conferences being around positive individuals like i always tell people that if you don't have a support system around you you got to create it meaning that you know whenever i sit down with people and i'm asking them hey what are you doing to better yourself and like and yeah a lot of people may not truly know what that is or what that means right what are you doing to change how you think are you going to networking events are you listening to audio books are you I'll be brutally honest. I was not a reader 15 years ago, but I didn't mind listening to an audio. So this is back when we have CDs. So okay. millennials, you may not know what a CD is. <laughs> put an actual disc in your car and your radio. Right. So, um, yeah, I used to go to the library and rent CDs and listen to audio books. Uh, I would go to different conventions that talked about business, that talked about money, that talked about real estate. And not because I necessarily was going to be doing those things, I just want to be around like-minded individuals. Mm. Think about it. It's like, you know, financial church, you know, for those who, you know, go to church and, you know, have their, whatever their particular um, sector of worship, you know, when you go to church and you come out, you feel different. Same thing when you are being around like individuals who are all aspiring to be, you know, successful and you have individuals who are successful and they're at the front of the stage and they're talking about their success and sharing their testimonials, like that's contagious. And so you leave out of there feeling like Superman. Of mm. course, you may go into the real world, get the realities of life. Right. You got, you got to go right back to it. Right. So it's just like, so it's, it's, it's different things. It's also a form of working on your health. You know, I noticed that my business also took a turn when I started working on my health. You know, and that's because when you feel good, you know, you look good or when you look good, you feel good and you, you know, put yourself out there. You're more lively. You're not this camera shy and you're not worrying about all of the, the optics that comes along with trying to put yourself out there when you feel better about yourself. And so, mm. so I think it's more than just the books and all that. Like you literally got to do a whole cleanse and a detox and strip yourself of your entire body of who you used to be. And so it's, I mean, and, and it's not an overnight process. It's going to be extremely challenging. And I think the most challenging part for a lot of entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs is because we've been so conditioned to trade our time for dollars, meaning 
we understand if I go to work for eight hours, I'm going to get 12, 13, 20, 50 dollars an hour. Not understanding your first 40 hours of this week may be you just reading. You're right. not getting paid for that. Right. That's your time where you're sharpening your axe. And so a lot of people, it's hard for them to fathom. I got to actually put in work and not make no money for it. And so, so yeah, so, but that's where the mindset part comes in too. And the 40 hours you put in going to the events, being in the gym, being around positive people. So when you are expecting something that doesn't go your way, now you know how to handle it. You know how to deal with it. You understand this is just part of the process. And so I think those are some of the things that is very difficult for people to deal with because you almost have to recondition everything you've been taught up until whatever age you are. At mm. So got you, got you, got you dope. What, at what point in your business did you start um, seeing that shift or, you know what I mean? Like at what point when you kind of got into your flow or into your zone, like what, what happened to let you know, like, okay, I, I got a, I got control of this now. You know what I mean? Like at what point were you at in your business or, or what happened to you in your business to, 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 to feel that? I, I had to get out of my own way, you know, um, so I always tell people, like, if you have any self-doubt, that will bury your business or your goals or aspirations quicker than anything. You know, they say that the graveyard is the richest place in the world because it's filled with people who didn't write the books they wanted to write, didn't start the businesses they should have written, didn't open the companies they should have written because they were gripped by fear. Fear standing for a false evaluation appearing real. It's fake. I like that. So understanding that. Once I stopped being scared, what people thought about me, once I stopped worrying about, man, they're going to talk about, you know, I got a big head or whatever. <laughs> because think about these things. Right, 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 you know right. Like I had a hard time getting on camera because one, I didn't like how I look, which is why I said, you know what? I need to go to the gym. And so, so again, that's a part of working on yourself. Once I got in the gym, I was more comfortable within my skin. So I just had to get out of my own way. And I think that, once we understand that and then I stopped doing things for money like I talked about why my first one of my first businesses failed I said you know I don't want to do nothing for money I, I said you know I, I once heard a quote by Jim Rohn he said you are paid in direct reflection to your value in the marketplace see a lot of times we think to make more money we have to go get more skills that's not true we have to increase our value in the marketplace mm. make myself more valuable and so so it's really hard to just pick one thing that kind of got the light bulb to go off, but to kind of sum it up, I just had to get out of my own self's way. Dope, dope, dope. How did you connect with the brother Jay Morrison? An another brother who's, who's, you know, doing his thing um, in the real estate education space. How did y'all connect? Man, very crazy story. So um, in around 2012, 2013, he uh, did a breakfast club interview on the uh, online um, and I remember just seeing him on there and I just I really loved his passion about what his vision was I wasn't impressed with the money the real estate none of that I was impressed with his vision and so he talked about the real estate company he worked for I went onto the website his cell phone number was on there <laughs> okay after the interview was over because it was it wasn't live but I was watching it I called his cell phone Okay. 
Jay, this is Will. You know, I just saw your interview. Da 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 da. He was like, Oh yeah, just you know, call so and so, my man's to get back to you, whatever. Right. Boom. I called his man. His man was just like, Yeah, send me this, send me that. We'll follow back up with you. Never heard from him again. Okay. And I was just like, Now, if I hadn't have been where I was at in my journey, I would have taken that personal. Right. Which is why I tell people, get out of your feelings. Facts. He didn't, he didn't know me. So why would he listen to me? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, 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 right. And so one of the things that I learned is that in, in business, the fortune is in a follow-up. So I continued to follow up with him. I will reach out to him on Twitter. I actually still have the tweets from 2013 where I'm telling him what I was doing because the primary reason I was reaching out to him, I had a similar goal and vision on how I wanted to have this framework on the credit space. I wanted to educate people on credit, not just sell them repair. And I knew our visions aligned because mm. in order to, to, to get to that next level in real estate, credit can play a major role in that, especially within our community. Right. We need, we need to have good credit. Let me just put it out there like that. Yes. So, so fast forward, he starts his academy. I joined because one of the things I believe in is that, and this is some game for you up and coming entrepreneurs. We can't expect someone who we deem is successful to drop everything they're doing to come and help us if we're not willing to invest in ourselves. That's right. And so I said, you know what, if I'm going to get his attention, I want to invest in his academy. Plus, I'm supporting a black man who's doing something, you know, within our community. Yeah. So I invested in the academy. Uh, I would be on every mentorship call. I made sure he knew who I was. I would say my name, this, that, and the third. And then he started doing one-on-one coaching. So I remember um, opting into the coaching. I didn't even have the money in my bank account, but I did have credit. I had a credit card. See, and again, a lot of us, this is where we don't think outside the box. Right. I, I'll put the coaching on the credit card. And I didn't look at it as a fee or a cost or, man, you charging me too much. I looked at it as an investment. I was willing to pay that because I knew. And because I, I believed in my ability See, that's another thing that I believe that some of us are scared to make investments because we don't believe in our own abilities. And when you believe in what your ability is, I don't care if you would have been charging me $100,000 for coaching. Mm. I knew what I would be bringing to the table. That's a fact. And so I paid for the coaching. And then initially I paid for a, a consultation. Excuse me. The consultation fee was $1,500. And I remember telling someone about that. And he was like, man, that's a lot. Why would you pay $1,500? to get on the phone with someone. And so I always tell people, be careful who you share your visions with because, you know, I would never go to my, you know, my mechanic and get medical advice. Right. We have to stop going to broke friends and asking them financial advice because right. that's what a lot of us do. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to invest the 1500 Did it. The 1500 wasn't even to get a game plan call. I wanted to get on the phone with them and say, hey, Jay, my name is Will Roundtree. I'm in Las Vegas. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to do. And I want to bring this to you because if, if you don't do it, I'll find somebody else who will. <laughs> right, that's right, right. That's what I said. Right, right. And so uh, it was kind of like a, you know, so we kind of fast forwarded from that. Uh, he definitely listened. I ended up doing coaching. And so a few months after that, they did like an all points bulletin looking for credit specialists. And so at first I kind of felt kind of slighted. I was like, did he get the, that idea from me? Cause I told him what I was trying to do. And now he's you know, put out an APB looking for people. 
And so I got out of my pride. Again, something else we got to do as entrepreneurs. Mm. I submitted a proposal in a business plan showing them why I should be the, I would be the best candidate for what they were attempting to do. Submitted it. They followed up with me immediately. Fast forward. Here we are. That was a, almost a two year courtship. Yeah. And so I tell people, you you just got to stay in the game, but a lot of us aren't willing to put that type of work in. That's a dope story, man. Like people need to really pay attention to like everything you just now said. Um, like you said, invested in yourself. You believed in yourself. You, you, you had your own vision, you know, his vision aligned with yours and you just, you, you just willed you, no pun intended. You willed that into existence. You know what I mean? That's, 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 that's crazy. Tell me about when you guys are doing, um, you know, uh, the classes and stuff like that. Tell me about the energy, man, because that's, that's gotta be dope, man. You know what I'm saying? Being around your people, everybody's there on the same, um, you know, wavelength, you know what I mean? Trying to get this information. Just give me, how, how does that feel? So I always tell people, imagine being at your favorite art, favorite artist's concert. That's how that feels. Mm. And what I mean by that is the energy, not necessarily the performance, right. not who's in a crowd, who's on stage, it's the energy. And so to be able to see, you know, because our core demographic is young kings and queens. They look For like sure. you and I, they're black, you know, Hispanic, primarily the, you know, the, the uh, minority community. But to be out there on the corner, no matter what the weather condition is, and seeing all these beautiful people coming out to learn about credit to yeah. learn about real estate to learn about how to improve their finances how to improve their mindset because we talk about all of that and these people really wanting to get it hanging on to our every word and so mm. i mean i don't even think you can ma- manufacture a feeling like that and it's hard unless somebody actually shows up on that class to even understand to where I don't even think I can articulate. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it, it literally is magical. I mean, people are out there in tears, happy. I mean, just because no one has done anything like this since, you know, I would say probably Malcolm X and Marcus Garvey. That's a fact. You know, when Malcolm would be on the corner preaching, you know, the, the message of, you know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and all of that. And so, but we're just taking it and putting a spin on it and teaching people about finances because we're not being taught this in school. Yeah. And it's yeah. a vital part of us getting to that next level in life. And when I talk about, and, when, and, and particularly when I say finances, I'm not talking about people just trying to be rich. I'm talking about even just starting with home ownership. We don't own nothing. We need right. to start being able to own stuff to pass down to our children, or let me say our heirs. Because when you have heirs, you look at it different than children. <laughs> there you go, word. You're right. You know what I'm You're right. So we don't own shit. And You're so right. We got, so even just, being able to show somebody who never thought they could ever own a house. Like I can remember being in my twenties thinking owning a home, that's so far fetched, you know, to now owning multiple properties across the United States. You would have told me this 15 years ago, I would have never imagined it. And so now just being able to transfer that same transferable belief into someone who may have just come in off the corner. Mm. We got D boys out there. We got single mothers. We got ex felons. We got, you know, people coming out of rehab, we got every single walk of life all out there. And we're speaking opportunity into them, because I think one of the biggest things that we lack in our community is hope. That's a fact. That's what we're missing. It's not the money, the money, the easy part. Yeah, it's the hope, because imagine 
you've tried everything and nothing worked. But then you come out to our class and say, I got it. Mm. And then mm. you come back to the next year and be like, yo, King Will, I just bought my first house. <laughs> word, word, word. That's like, it's, it's, it's an incredible feeling. Any particular moments that stand out, like something like that, that, that you can remember, like that really like touched you, like, damn, that, that was powerful. Oh, yeah. Prime example, we was in Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, this king came up to me, had a burner on his hip, the whole nine. Mind mm. you, outside, mm. anybody can pull up. <laughs> right, 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 right. Literally, anybody it's can It's real. Up. Yeah, it's real. And so, but we sacrificing our bodies for the, for the people, for the culture. Yeah, yeah. So he came up, had the burner on his hip, you know, just telling me, you know, real aggressive. So you got to be a certain type of character to want to be out in these streets, how we are. And so, but I get it. He was just passionate because can you imagine what he, for him to be on a corner where he see number of positivity with a burner on his hip, what he's probably been through. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. He's sitting there talking real aggressively, telling me all the things, how he wants to change his life, but he saw no way out. And so the second day we have, a, so we do a two day event. We have a corner class and then we have a formal master class. He came to the master class. I got up there, spoke. He came, pulled me to the side. We talked for about 20, 30 minutes. And I was just, like, one of the things I believe in business and in life is that we don't need to know a bunch of how-tos. We just need to understand why we're doing something. They always say those who know how to work for those that know why. Mm. Henry Ford didn't invent the automobile. He had the vision. He hired the people who knew how to invent the automobiles. Right. And so I was telling this king who came up to me, he was like, look, don't worry about how to do real estate. Understand you have to know, one, that it's possible for you. Two, you got to change your focus. What's your why? He told me, you know, he had a wife, some kids, and this, that, and the third. And he thought that the streets was the only trap. He knew how to go out there and get it. When I showed him how to get this, legal money through credit to invest in business and this and that you don't got to worry about no police you ain't got to worry about nobody coming up on you none of that the following year we came back not only did he change his life you know he segued out of the streets came up to me in tears gave me a mm -hmm. long embrace gave me a hug said will thank you i changed my life got my real estate license i'm about to start my own brokerage firm i just bought my house that's the type of shit that, 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 why we do what we do. Pardon me, you know, with the profanity, but. It's all good. That, <laughs> that, 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 that type of stuff touched me. Yeah. Like we out here doing this for the people, for the culture. And to be able to have that type of impact to get somebody to lead the streets. That's powerful. Yeah. And I would probably say that's probably one of the most magnified personal stories that I've dealt with. Of course I get you know, the single mothers buying a home, college students buying their first investment property, you know, someone starting a new business, uh, individuals seeing, you know, hundreds of thousands in credit, being able to start their, you know, startup company or whatever it is. And so, I mean, we have so many different stories and testimonials, even someone who never thought having a 700 credit score was possible. Like, mm. we take that type of stuff for granted. Yeah, yeah. Like, even somebody saying, well, I never, I've never seen a 700 credit score. Thank you. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's just a blessing. And that's what keeps me going. Because people, I think, look at business owners and entrepreneurs like yourself, like we're superheroes. And I tell people, no, I get tired. 
Right. I have low energy. I get this, that, and the third. That's the type of stuff that keep me going. So I could have the flu. I'm gonna still be out there preaching that game because right. I'm doing it for them. And so, so yeah, so that's that that type of stuff is what keeps me going. No doubt. Wow, crazy man, crazy. It's, that's powerful stuff, man. That's that's really powerful stuff. Changing lives like that. And um, I always, you know, I look at the corner class, I'm like, damn, man, them brothers are doing something serious. Like you said, it's, it's never been done before. Right. And it's like, you don't have to do that. You know, you guys can go and, 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 and buy out a, you know, place and, you know, sell big tickets and, you know, for all this stuff. And you guys out there on the corner, man. So that's dope, man. I really Thank applaud you. you for that, man. Thank you, man. For sure. Um, all right. So in your book, I was reading, I actually ordered the book, but I didn't get it in time to be able to read it because I wanted to read it for this interview. So I apologize for that. But um, it talks about um, you had six steps that took you um, from homeless at one point to becoming a millionaire. Can you just go through those six, six steps real quick for our audience? Because I want everybody listening to this to make sure they go grab that book. But just like a quick, just a quick run through so they know what they'll be getting on, on that. Right. So I don't want to give all six away. Okay. 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 A lot of it is stuff we've already actually talked about on this, okay. on this podcast. Okay. That's, that's how elementary I made it. I talk about fear. <laughs> I talk about being disciplined. Okay. I talk about, you know, uh, how you have to, uh, you know, uh, minimize your emotions. I talk about it's your company. You got to lead it, becoming a leader again, working on yourself. I talk about your mindset. You know, and of course, I just talk about just working harder on yourself than you do on your business. And so as simple as it sounds, and I use the book really just as a, uh, you know, as a, as a, you know, kind of as a conveyor to be able to let people know it's really simple. You know, they have this terminology, called, they have this acronym called KISS, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Right. We make things so overcomplicated, like. People come up to me all the time, like, well, how do you start a business? You just start it. (laughs) Right. But there are, you know, those things that I talked about, like the fear and, you know, discipline and all of that, because I'll always say that anything you want to do is easy to do. The definition of easy means it's also easy not to do. Mm. What I mean by that is that starting a business is so simple that we'll delay it and not start today. That's easy not to do. It's easy right. not to start it today. Oh, you know what? I get to it tomorrow. Six months later, you're still in the same position, not knowing that the more seasoned your business is, the more capital it can get. So if you would have started it six months prior, you would have got access to more capital. Mm. You know, understanding by delaying it, you potentially just missed out on clients that now your competition just got. Wow. You see what I'm saying? So it's For just, sure. It's, it's so many things. like, and So I'm always constantly sharing with people where we are today is a direct reflection of the decisions we made three to five years ago. So if we don't like where we are today, we gotta be mad at ourselves because it's something within that time period where we did not take advantage of, we missed out on opportunities, we thought we was too good for it, whatever the case is. But if we wanna change what our trajectory is in the next three to five years, let's make a decision and make that change today. And I always tell people, you're one decision away from hitting every goal you ever dreamed of, but you just got to get started. That's why I tell people when they say, how do I start a business? You just start it. Right. You don't need to know the how-tos. Right. Just get started. 
go out there, be focused, be excited, and make sure people believe in what you're offering them. Mm. You know, a lot of times we buy into stuff trying to offer to others and we don't even believe it. Right. So, you know, like people want to know that, you know what, I can stand behind you because I know you're passionate about this. And so, yeah, so, I mean, those are, you know, in kind of a Cliff Notes version of some of those principles. Got you, got you. I appreciate that. Um, so let's get into a little bit about the services that you offer that, yes. that, that you can help the people out with. Tell, tell the people a little bit about your business. Oh, man. So the name of my parent company is called We Management Services. I named it that because I never wanted to be pigeonheeled as just a credit guy. So, of course, we offer credit repair, credit restoration, uh, credit coaching. We also offer for anyone who wants to get in a credit space where we teach them how to start their own credit repair industry and credit repair business. And we help them put the, the whole back end processes, all of that together. As I tell people, when you buy into a business or you start a business, if you don't have a system, not only are you going to cap your growth, but it's going to be a very, it's going to be very difficult to sustain. And I always say the word system stands for saving yourself time, energy, and money. Oh, I like that. create a system, your business can run in spite of you, which is why you can go into a McDonald's and see a 16-year-old running the entire establishment. Not because it's harder than anybody, because McDonald's has a system. Their system is the French fries on the left and the McFlurry on the right. That's their system. Right, right, right. No. Yeah. so, So, yeah, so, of course, I also do... Uh, coaching in a form of real estate investing. Uh, we help small and medium-sized businesses get access to capital. Uh, I also own a tax franchise, so uh, which I just started my own instead of buying into somebody else's. Dope. So one of the biggest things that a lot of small business owners, one of the things they don't think about is taxes. You know, did you know a lot of times, a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs hurt themselves because when they file taxes, they write everything off. And so when you make a hundred grand, through your company, personal business, and you write off 80,000 in expenses, now your tax income is only 20 grand. Now you can't go refinance your house, you can't borrow money. So we show people tax strategies to make sure they're tax compliant. Uh, and then uh, of course, like I say, uh, even just all of all coaching, I've had people actually bring me on as a life coach and help them with you know their business and you know get themselves restructured and you know all of that. So. Uh, pretty much a lot in the financial space. We also offer bookkeeping. I mean, we, we offer a plethora of, of services. You, you do it all, man. You do it all. Well, not me personally. <laughs> well, you, 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 your team, your team, you you and your team, you guys do it all. Um, what's next for you? What, what, what's what's a year or two down the line for, for Mr. Mr. Will Roundtree? So for 2020, actually, uh, I'm going to be working on a couple other books. I'm working on a kid's book for credit. Oh, dope. For credit. Uh, a book for uh, for business credit because there's a lot of BS when it comes to business credit. Of course, myself and my partner, Jay Morrison, we're working on getting our curriculum in every single school in North America. Our school system has failed us miserably. And one of the things we believe is that if we can teach people about real estate, business, and credit, those three pillars, you'll always be able to create wealth in some form or fashion. And so, and then from there, uh, I'm working on a model to actually be able to uh, uh, offer my business. I don't like to use the word franchise, but more as a blueprint. So literally people can buy into a system. And in 2020, I'm going to be 
or I want to be, or I'm going to be, let me speak it into existence. There you go. Uh, investing in other startups. I really want to be a vessel to help other people get their businesses off the ground. And believe it or not, a lot of times it's not even money they need. A lot of times they just need a coach to be able to come in and help them get to that next level. So, you know, anybody who's hearing this, who, you know, wants, you know, some, uh, some help in getting their business off the ground or grow or any of that, you know, that's something we're going to be focusing in, uh, in 2020. Any type of particular industries or businesses that you're interested in? Man, we're taking it all. I've had companies who make candles to, you know, incense to, you know, uh, t-shirt companies to, you know, real estate investment companies to, I mean, you name it. As long as it makes sense and I can stand behind it, you know, I'm open to it. So what are some of the things that someone someone would have to present to you in order to, um, you know, make you interested in in, in their business? One is is I want to see what what uh how much skin they have in the game okay uh two they have to be willing to or have good credit because if they're not willing to put any more skin in the game why would i be willing to there you go they have to be coachable and teachable we assume just because a person has a business and they need help that they're going to be coachable that's not the case (laughs) they have to be coachable and teachable i mean those would probably be the surface level things right one of course you know i want to see what their debt servicing looks like and you know a couple other things like that but most important thing is i look for people who are driven and ambitious i mean you can have an idea and don't have anything going but if i see you ambitious you're driven and this that and the third you have a good idea that's something i would even be open to as well so you know it is i i do a lot of things off of the energy if okay I'm with somebody even when i hire my staff they may not be the most qualified at that time but when we interview them and i love their energy I've actually brought them on and they've come in and surpassed their, their own expectations. Mm, mm, dope. How, t- talk to me about that, about, about your, t- your team. So how big is your team now? Oh uh, man, across the board between, you know, processors, cause we have a lot of people behind the scenes that people probably would never see. Yeah. Uh, it's probably about 25 to 30 people that we Wow. Have. Wow. Dope, dope, dope. All right, cool. So, um, <clears throat> we're kind of going to start moving towards wrapping up the show. You, you, you've been with us for an hour, man. You get provided plenty, plenty of value. I'm just loving it. I, I don't want to get off with you because you're like just killing it. Every question I ask, um, just, just kind of like wrap up with a final jewel or a final thought um, that you could give our listeners um, and then kind of share with us, you know, your social media and where people can connect with you. Definitely. So I always tell people that, um, one of the biggest things that I think is what stops us, like I shared earlier, for one is definitely ourselves. Two, we, if we can understand that we got to stop taking things personal, you'd be surprised how much that kills people's business and opportunities. This is what I mean. Someone reaches out to you, they send you an email. They want to do business with you. It may be a Sunday morning. You're with your family Sunday morning, nine times out of 10. You don't get back to them. Now they're mad. And they're sending you a, you know, a, a, you know explicit word. <laughs> you know. Right. I see that happen all the time. And I'm right. like, we need to start having tact and understand we're human too. Yeah. Get out of your emotions. Or... If thing doesn't go your way or doesn't go right, 
don't get upset and say the business is a scam. This that like we need to have more proof when it comes to dealing with businesses and understand you're human. The company's human. Not everything's going to go right. And so we got to stop handling things so emotionally. And I always say that because can I keep it a hundred on here, King? Please keep it a hundred, King. Keep we it on it. This with our black businesses all the time. People will reach out to a small black business owner. And if one little thing goes wrong, they're online blasting you on social media, writing bad reviews, this, that, and the third. Mm. If they can go to uh, a Gucci store, get horrible customer service. They still going to spend on that belt, probably spend more than what the belt costs just so they can show people, hey, I can afford this. But we, tr we dog sometimes our Black-owned businesses. We got to stop handling things emotionally. And so whether it's business, whether it's personal, different things like that, if I can leave people with one gym, and I say that because I've seen it kill opportunities to where based upon how somebody reacts to a, what may trigger them emotionally by them reaching out to me, I don't want to do business with that. Mm. If you're upset over a $10 issue, how are you going to handle a $10 million issue? That's a fact. You, you see what I'm saying? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I want to just leave people with that fact, like, and this is why we got to work on ourselves. It all starts up here. So, you know, just focus, you know, let's get out of our own self way. Let's stop taking stuff emotionally. You will deal with disappointment. You will have failures. You will lose friends. You will lose sleep. You, you, you may go through several failed relationships. <laughs> like just understand <laughs> part of the process. And when I say relationships, I'm not even talking about just the spouse. I'm talking about your day one may not mess with you no more. Like right. And so right. just understand. And the sooner we can understand these things, the sooner we can get over, you know, whatever obstacle is stopping us from getting to that next level. Because Biggie said it, more money, more problems. Mm. People who make three, four, five, ten million dollars a year, they problems don't go away. They just larger. Right. So we have right. to understand that they're we're gonna deal with adversity at no matter what level. And people can reach me pretty much across the board. Uh if you haven't done so, please go to my YouTube and subscribe. Uh have uh, the number one credit video on there, how to get the perfect credit score. Uh, I also have a bunch of my FICO Fridays. Every Friday I do what's called a FICO Friday where I go on to talk about everything from credit topics. And these are questions that I get from the individuals. Uh, and you can go to Will at Mr. Will Roundtree across the board, my Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, at Mr. Will Roundtree all across the board. And if you have not done so, go pick up my new book, Full-Time CEO, The Shit They Don't Tell You. <laughs> Actually go to Amazon or uh, my website, willroundtree.com. And of course, you know, uh, any booking or speaking engagements, you know, you can also reach me there too. And, and, and I, I really appreciate you coming on, brother. Like you, you oh, dropped man. so much gems, so much knowledge today, man. Thank I appreciate you. it, man. Thank you so much, brother. For real, for My real. pleasure was all mine. Appreciate it. All right. So listen, man, we, we going to get out of here. Uh, Truck and Hustle, we out. Mr. Will Roundtree, make sure y'all get that book, Full-Time CEO, The Shit They Don't Tell You. <laughs> and the other book, um, Credit, Credit, is, Credit is King. Make sure y'all pick both of those up. And um, support this brother, man. He's doing big things. And check him out on YouTube, all that good stuff. All right, well, I appreciate you, my brother. Thank you, man. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. All right, easy. All right, yeah, peace. If you like what you heard, it's only going to get better. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to learn or hear more about. Till next time, love is love. Truck and hustle.